Well, praise God. You probably know yesterday at the cathedral in St. Paul, seven men were ordained to be priests. And I was, I was there, and the celebration was absolutely glorious. And I had this sense during the Mass of a moment where it seemed like the church was filled with the delight of God the Father. And my heart was just filled with this delight. And I carried this joy in my heart all throughout that day. So pray for these seven men. They have no idea what they're in for. <laughs> and of course, they don't need to. Just like a, a, a couple getting married in the church before the altar, when they make those vows and they say, for good or for bad, for richer, for poor, they have no idea what that's going to look like. And they don't need to because God is faithful and will always provide what they need at the time they need it. Amen to that. So I just want to take a moment to welcome any visitors that may have joined us here this morning. God bless you. We always love having you here, and we hope that you will come back and join us another time. So we heard again in the Gospel of Matthew, the Great Commission, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the church continues to baptize thousands of people every year children and adults. But we must keep in mind that it is equally important to form these newly baptized to be disciples of Jesus, to live the faith into which they are baptized. And what is the greatest fruit of our baptism. It can be easy to overlook this. And we remember it every time we make the sign of the cross. Our baptism initiates us into a relationship with the living God. A God whom we know is one, but not solitary but a mystery of three divine persons, which is what we are celebrating today, a relationship with the Father, a relationship with God the Son, and a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's hard for us to really grasp the, the wonder and awe of what this means. Have any of you met someone famous or of, of a high position in the world? I'll never forget the time when I met John Paul II. 1999, I 
in a class of seminarians, we had mass with him in his private chapel. I could hardly believe I was there. And then afterwards, he met us in a little room outside the chapel, and he handed each one of us a rosary that he himself touched. I didn't know that later he would be canonized a saint. But whether we've met the Pope, or maybe sometime in our life we've met a president, or maybe a famous actor, or singer, or performer, these people have nothing on God. Because the Trinity who indwells us, the, twi- the Trinity that envelops and encircles our life, is the creator of these popes and, and leaders and actors and performers. He's the one who made the, the world and the universe in which they and we ourselves live. And then St. Paul reminds us of the ultimate goal of the grace that we receive in baptism. What is that goal? That we become co-heirs with Christ to the glory of heaven that awaits us. Again, a reminder that when we are baptized, baptized, it sets, it sets us immediately on a trajectory of a life that is ascending heavenward to God. And that makes us ask the simple question that I get asked every single year when I visit classrooms of children for faith formation. Father, what is heaven like? Father, what is heaven like? There's a tendency in our culture where there are some who believe that heaven is merely just doing the fun things that we know already in this life and that it's nothing more than that, that in heaven we'll be playing cards, of course, hopefully we'll win, but right, you know, we'll be dancing, we'll be fishing, that heaven is just simply the funnest things in this life and now just doing it all the time in heaven. But that is not the biblical perspective. And I praise God for that. Heaven is so much more than that. And so to begin to awaken a sense in these children, I might say, okay, think of an experience that you've had of something beautiful. I mean the kind of beauty that lifts you out of yourself like an amazing sunset, or maybe the first time you've seen mountains, or maybe you were listening to a song that that the song was so beautiful, you were just overwhelmed. And then I say, take that experience. That is only a shadow 
of the perfect beauty who is this, the perfect beauty of God who is the source of that and then multiply that by infinity and then you'll have a sense of heaven. Or maybe I'll say, can you remember an experience of being loved? And I'm talking about a love that was so beautiful in the moment that it was heart-piercing and it made you cry. It was so beautiful. Or like sometimes we see in the movies, right? There are scenes where love is so beautiful we find ourselves sobbing like a baby. Take that experience. That is only a shadow of the perfect love that God is and then multiply that by infinity. Then you'll have a sense of what heaven is like. My friends, this is why you and I are going to need glorified bodies to be able to contain the explosion of joy, awe, and wonder in seeing God face to face in all his majesty and glory and beauty. This is what we were created for. But I have to read another line from this letter of St. Paul. Are you ready? Here it is. If only we suffer with him, that we may be glorified with him. St. Paul, why do you always have to rain on our picnic? Why did you have to throw in that word suffering? Everything was just fine, and then you had to say it. My dear friends, this is why we need the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, as St. Paul said, is a spirit of adoption, not to lead us back into fear, like Adam and Eve running away from God in fear. Because the most tragic wound of original sin is what? We all have a strong tendency to fall back into fear. Especially when being a Christian costs something. When it requires hardship, trial, and sufferings. We know that on this side of heaven, in being a Christian and following Jesus, that our life most often is going to take the shape of the cross. Our way to heaven is the way of the cross after our Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to bear our share of the hardships for the sake of the gospel. For example, each day we must continue to bear the cross of suffering for our ongoing conversion and transformation. And that's painful. And then we're invited 
to walk with others as they are going through their conversion and transformation in Christ. And we have to carry that burden, and that's painful. And then there are the people in our life and in the world who do not know God. And often they do not understand us. We are an enigma. Sometimes they hate us. And we also know that they can persecute us. And there are times all throughout the history of the church, even until now, where sometimes they will kill us. The new statistic out of the Vatican News Agency is there's an average of 13 Christians each day who are killed for their faith. 13 every day. Killed because they are Christian in various parts of the world. This is why we need the Holy Spirit, not to cower in fear, but to run into the Father's love, Abba, Father, and to allow that love to enfold us and to find in that love strength, courage, perseverance, to bear the sufferings of this life so that you and I can say with St. Paul, the sufferings of this present time are absolutely nothing in compared to the glory that awaits us. That glory, as St. Paul said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived of the glory that now awaits us. This is our inheritance, and this is what makes it all worth it. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Guide us safely through this life to the heavenly kingdom. Amen.